Welcome to the Wise of Texas podcast. Wise of Texas is a nonpartisan nonprofit empowering and educating Texas South Asians to be informed voters and partake in civic engagement. You can visit our website, wiseuptx.org and find us on all social media platforms. This is Poonam Kaji, Wise Up Texas board member and today's host. We want to emphasize that early voting is happening right now for a Texas constitutional amendment election. And there may also be some local elections going on um, for you, it could be some city council, it could be some school board, there could be some local propositions that you need to look into. So go study your ballot and vote. Um, as far as the Texas constitutional amendments go, there are eight of them, and we're going to spend some time talking about it on the podcast today. Early voting ends on October 29th, and election day is on November 2nd. You can visit our social media to get more information about each of these propositions and think about how you want to vote on them. Um, We're not here to tell you how to vote uh, on these issues, but we are here to tell you what they're about so you can be an educated voter. I'm here today with Ariba Amr, and we're just going to break this down for you as fast as we can so that in a short podcast episode, you can feel ready to go vote. So let's get started. The first one is on, the first proposition is on raffles. So Ariba, can you tell us more about that? It's kind of a funny topic. You know, what, what would Texans be focusing on when it comes to raffles? Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was a little funny myself, to be quite honest with you, when I was reading through the different propositions. Uh, but essentially, proposition one is that it's you're going to vote on whether or not you would allow raffles at local rodeo events held by the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association or the Women's Professional Rodeo Association. Um, So supporters believe that this proposition would extend opportunities available to most sports forums, and it'll help raise money for important initiatives for Texas. But opponents believe that this type of raffling is a form of gambling and can have consequential results, and it may lead the pathway for gambling through other activities. So it's not exactly the most quote-unquote political topic that we have going on here, but it is still interesting to to take a second and figure out what it's talking about. Thank you. Let's move on to the second one. Uh, This proposition is about county government. Can you tell us more about that one? Yeah, absolutely. So proposition number two would allow counties to issue bonds to fund transportation and infrastructure projects. Um, So one thing that's important to note is that cities can currently issue these bonds, uh, but the Texas Attorney General has said that counties are not explicitly authorized to do so. So this proposition, you would be voting whether or not counties have that authorization. Uh, Supporters believe that counties should have the right to use bonds to fund these developments, um, and the development of infrastructure could lead to greater property values and greater tax revenue to repay them. Opponents believe transportation and infrastructure projects could divert funds from other projects and services, and it could potentially expand debt, which may raise local property taxes. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, this is kind of one of those things where, you know, a lot of us don't realize how our governments are funded and where does the money come from and where does it go? Um, So this really gets down to that issue. Um, The next one 
Proposition 3 is on religious services. And this is one of them that kind of relates the, to the pandemic or post-pandemic. Um, can you tell us more about Proposition 3? Yeah, absolutely. So this proposition, just like you said, is a reaction to some of the public health measures put in place for COVID-19. Essentially, it's on the ballot to reduce the size of large crowds during the pandemic. So state and local governments have at times restricted the size and the ways that groups are allowed to gather. And if passed, this proposition would exempt religious meetings from such public health regulations under the state constitution. Supporters believe that religious services support individuals in times of crisis and by mandating restrictions, governments violate religious freedom. So they believe that governments should not or should not have the right to impose these types of measures on religious services. Meanwhile, opponents believe that this amendment would present a threat to public health and safety in times of disaster and crisis. Thank you for breaking that one down. Um, I'm gonna talk about propositions four and propositions five. These are both about our judges. Um, the first one, proposition four, is about the eligibility of judges. And uh, first, the, the proposition talks about those who would be eligible to be a judge for the Texas Supreme Court, um, the Court of Criminal Appeals, and regional courts of appeals. And essentially, right now, candidates must be practicing for at least 10 years um, or a lawyer and a, or could be a lawyer and a judge for combined 10 years. But this proposition would change that. So the judge would be required to practice in the state of Texas for at least 10 years. So uh, this first part is really basically changing the standard so that if you have experience from another state, it wouldn't um, apply in your eligibility standard. So this is basically requiring that you have 10 years of Texas experience for those courts. And then this proposition would also change eligibility for district courts. And to be eligible right now, these judges must be a practicing lawyer licensed in Texas for four years um, or a judge of a court for a combined four years. So a combined four years of being a judge or, or a licensed uh, attorney. If passed, the amendment would require state district courts judges to have eight years of experience. So doubling that four years and making it eight years. Um, so the main changes here relate to uh, tenure and they, they kind of are, are different in the sense that the first one's talking about, hey, you have to be a Texas um, attorney for all this time. And this one, second one is talking about the years uh, doubling those who are in support of this are saying that this will help get more qualified and better candidates and enhance the integrity and the reputation of our state court system. And the opponents say that having this extended years of experience requirement and basically limiting people who might have been practicing outside of Texas would limit the diversity of judicial candidates and potentially hinder any efforts to make our judicial uh, process reflect Texas's diverse population. So um, that's something for you to decide. I know for me, because I'm an attorney, I've been 
really telling my lawyer friends to go check this one out um, and make sure they vote uh, because this could change who becomes eligible to be a judge. Moving on to Proposition 5, which is also about judges, but uh, relates to conduct. This proposition aims to extend the powers of the State Commission on Judicial Conduct with respect to candidates for Texas judicial offices. If passed, the proposition would accept complaints or reports for any state judicial office holder or candidate. After investigating, the commission would be able to issue a private or public admonishments, warnings, or require additional training of judicial office holders or candidates. Supporters say that this will level the playing field among incumbents and candidates for the Texas judiciary by uniformly investigating and addressing misconduct charges, which would result in better screening for judges. Opponents say uh, basically that misconduct allegations for candidates can be filed with other authorities, the state bar, attorney general, and adding a new pool of complaints would overburden the state commission. So those are two relating to our judges here in Texas. So now we're going to turn to Proposition 6. This one kind of goes back to that pandemic-related topic. This one's caregiver visits. Um, Ariba, can you tell us more about that one? Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, for some context during the pandemic, visitation was restricted in group facilities such as nursing homes to help prevent the spread of disease among vulnerable people. However, this proposition would allow residents of nursing homes or group facilities to name one person as an essential caregiver who cannot be denied in-person visits. Supporters believe that loved ones of residents in nursing homes enable comfort and emotional support, and the presence of visitors also supports the emotional wellness of those residents in the nursing home, but opponents believe that this amendment threatens public health and safety of the residents and staff in the nursing home. Thank you. The last two, Proposition 7 and Proposition 8, are both tax exemptions. And so I'm gonna break them down here. And of course, whenever we're talking about taxes, it can get a little confusing, but bear with me. I'll try to explain these in everyday language the best that I can. So Proposition 7 is about a property tax exemption for bereaved families. And this amendment is actually coming about because there was a 2019 tax code change that already put this ex exemption in place, but, um, because it didn't align with the Texas constitution, some counties reinforced it and some did not. So it's been misapplied. Um, so what the 2019 tax code says and what this tax exemption says is that there would be a limit on school district property taxes incurred by the surviving spouse of a person with disabilities. Their surviving spouse must be at least 55 years old at the time of the partner's death and still live in the home for the tax exemption to apply. The supporters believe that this would protect surviving spouses and make the Texas Constitution consistent with the active tax code that's already in place. Opponents believe that this would reduce tax revenues owed to school districts and would impact state school funding. They also believe that this would lead to more tax exemptions down the road, which could impact schools and local funding. 
Proposition eight is our last one, and it's also related to property taxes, and it's an exemption as well. This one is for military spouses. And Proposition 8 would expand eligibility for the residential homestead tax exemptions to include spouses of military members killed or fatally injured in the line of duty. The new eligibility would extend not just to military personnel killed in action, but also military members killed in accidental vehicle crashes or non-hostile events. An analysis shows this would apply to fewer than 10 people per year, according to federal data, but essentially it would allow families to receive this exemption um, if their family member was killed in action rather than, um, um, sorry, in duty rather than killed in action, which is just a little bit broader. Supporters believe that death during combat should not be the only reason to provide relief to surviving spouses and that this basically writes an oversight in the current law to include benefits to spouses of those killed in the line of duty. Opponents believe many more personnel are killed in action versus in the line of duty, so this could actually be more costly um, and could reduce revenue resulting in an impact to school districts and also increase the tax burden of other property owners. So um, if you wanted to get ready to go vote and, and study your ballot, I would encourage you to make a decision on how you plan to vote on these eight issues. Um, we talked about them in order, but you can kind of break them down on a couple related to COVID-19 stuff, like, hey, should religious services be allowed to stay open completely during a pandemic? Should nursing homes be able to limit visitation completely during a pandemic? There's two tax exemptions. So if you think some people deserve a tax exemption um, in those two circumstances, then you would vote yes. If you think they don't deserve a tax exemption, you would vote no. And then we've got our two on judges. Um, one about eligibility. Should we make it a little bit harder for people to be eligible to run for judge? And should we allow for more processes to check on the conduct of candidates? And then we've got our kind of two one-off ones, the raffles. Do you think raffles should be allowed at the rodeo? And county government, which is about whether counties can issue um, bonds and, and finance counties that way um, in the way that other local governments already do. So. That is the rundown. Ariba, is there anything else we should let our listeners know so they can be ready to go vote? Right before you hit the polls, uh, the other thing I hope you do is that if you go to vote411.org, you can check what's all in your ballot. So you will be able to tell, we just talked about the statewide constitutional amendments that will be on everyone's ballot. But again, it may look different depending on where you're located. You might have more things to vote on. So go ahead and just check that out on vote411.org and make sure you stay an informed voter. Yes, such a good point, Ariba. So make sure you don't skip anything on your ballot, um, study your ballot beforehand so you know what to vote for and tag us, tag Wise Up Texas and hashtag Wise Up and Vote. And we will be um, happy to share your voting photos on our Instagram. So thanks so much for listening today. As you know, Wise of Texas is a nonpartisan and nonprofit organization, but we welcome interviews with candidates and political leaders who want to reach out to our South Asian followers. 
Wise Up Texas does not endorse any candidates or political party. You can find a recording of this podcast on most platforms where podcasts are available and select episodes will air on Radio Azad and DFW. Please share, subscribe, and like this podcast. Thank you for listening. Get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot with Wise Up Texas.